This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Thank you for your support of our show. Thank you for sharing it with your colleagues. Thank you for suggesting guests. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for your DMs. Man, I love hearing how the show has made a difference in your career as a leader. Stories like yours are 100% the reason I love doing this show every single week. I will be the host and the guest for this week. The last week of this year, and then next week, the first week, I'm going to do a kickoff week for the year. I'm excited to share some thoughts with all 50,000 of you around the world. So I'm really excited for this week. I'm even more excited for next week. I have things that I'm going to share with you that I hope you can put into impact right away. This week's episode is 100% about reflection. Reflection is one of the most important tools a leader has and unfortunately is a tool that often isn't used intentionally enough. And as I record this, it's a holiday week in between Christmas and New Year's. I always use this week to do what I call all of the re's. And if we were on a video call, you'd see me doing the air quotes around the re's. What am I saying? Relax, recharge. Recreate, and if you take that out, the word recreation and make it recreate, put the re, it says recreate, and that's a really good insight. Recreation should help you recreate you, recommit. And one of the most impactful re's is reflect. At face value for me personally, this year could have easily been been called a very bad year for me. I'm not going to enumerate on some of the personal things because that's just a a bad mindset move, but I will point to the fact that I was facing cancer and I was told I would not survive it. Inoperable, metastasized. Uh, I was given 18 months to live and then I got down to the point where I was in single digits months to live 
and I was staring the end of life in the face. Now, I did an episode on this, and I had over a 1,000 people reach out to me and tell me it was a game changer for them. Um, if you haven't listened to that one, you may want to go back and find it. It's, it's my story of what happened and, and what lessons I learned from it as I, again, stared end of life in the face in a very real way. I've had a lot of people reach out and want more clarity and discussion. In fact, a lot of people have asked me to turn that into a keynote-type speech for their teams. Um, I made decisions that were scary for many, many reasons. And today, I'm pleased to tell you that I'm doing pretty well. In fact, all things considered, I'm doing really, really well. I'm not out of the woods yet, but I'm in a completely different circumstance because I literally chose to change my DNA. My DNA has been modified, and while I wish it was as cool as when Spider-Man had his DNA changed so he could do all the cool things he could do, I'll just be happy that changing my DNA changed my possibilities around life, that my DNA change made it so that specific form of cancer is not thriving in me anymore. Um, I guess that that's the point, is that changing your DNA can change everything. And as I look back on my year through that lens, this was quite possibly the greatest year of my life. Man, my business, it surpassed any expectations. My podcast it had unbelievable growth. My clients had massive success. I had more President's Club winners and promotions than my clients would have ever had. Uh, my programs won internal awards with some of the largest companies in the world. I had new VPs of sales that worked with me that beat their goals and they were able to help their companies get to the next round of funding because of the predictability that they were able to create. It's a long list professionally and personally while it was an incredible year. And that's why I want to talk about reflection. It is so easy to look at the things that are in front of us and not realize through what the perspective should be about just how good things can be. As leaders, we've got to tap into the power of reflection, and we need to teach those we lead how to tap into this power as well. And we've got to do it intentionally. So today I want to share one of my very favorite tools. And to kick it off, I want to bring the words from James Clear. Uh, if you don't follow James Clear or read Atomic Habits or any of those things, I would highly recommend. Atomic Habits is in my top five of books, and I love the insights that James Clare continues to share. He has a very famous statement that goes along these lines. Winners and losers have the same goals. For example, a sports coach, a basketball coach, they both have the goal to win the championship. I just got done watching the movie The Boys in the Boat, and um, in the Olympics, all of them wanted to win the gold medal. Okay. There's lots of examples we can have. Everybody has a single in sales. Everybody has the goal to hit quota or whatever. Okay. Winners and losers have the same goals. The difference is winners have better systems that help them get there. So I'm going to say this another way. Goals are really good for planning progress. I think we should have a good goal setting system of how we plan where we want to go. Goals will help you plan progress, but if that's all we have is the goal, I, I've seen all the stuff on smart goals and all the different goal types, and I'm not here poo-pooing those. I'm just saying goals are a planning tool, okay? What we need if we want to move past that and be a winner, because the losers will have goals too. I mean, I don't have to point any farther than the, all the people whose New Year's resolution is going, 
is proven that it's going to be getting healthier because in the first three weeks or four weeks of the year, and sometimes it's the first one or two weeks, the gyms are jam-packed, and then after when you hit February, it goes back to the way it used to be. Why? Because those people all had goals, but very few of them had systems. Systems are what you need to actually make progress. So if you're listening to this podcast, that tells me you want to raise your leadership game. So I want to share a system that I use every single year. It's a reflection system. Here's why it matters. Reflection is a catalyst for energy and for action. I call this system the 321. Now, I have a training around this in Sales Leadership United. It's a video training with a deck and a few things like that. Um, if you want more than just this episode on video, on audio and you want you want to dig a little deeper, my advice is go to Sales Leadership United and find it there. I love the 321 at the beginning of every year or at the end of every year. I like to use it as a way of being a connector to that end of the year fueling the beginning of the year because remember – one of the challenges in sales, it's like uh, being at a track. Uh, I think about a high school track or a college track. That At our high school, there's a track that goes around the football field. And so when you're at a football field, I see the track, and I often look at that start line. The start line says start on one side and finish on the other. The start line and the finish line are the same line. And that's a problem in sales because we're going to charge through. We're going to hit our numbers or do our very best to. Uh, this last week of the year. And then when the next year starts, we show up and our, our CRM is set back to zero. Um, we're starting over and there wasn't really much time for a break. We charged through and end of quarter becomes beginning of next quarter. End of month becomes beginning of next month. End of year becomes beginning of next year. So I like having a system for this connector, finishing something and starting something. And like I said, I call it the three, two, one. You know, I, I use it at the halfway point in the year. I, I, I use it all the time. It's a leadership tool that will really open people to the idea of change. And maybe most important, it will help you as a leader create what I refer to as a I get you moment that can be hard to engineer. Every leader can say, I got you. Very few can actually say, I get you. This will help you create I get you moments. So here's how you do a three, two, one. Um, we want to start with how you do it for yourself. And yes, this will be a tool that I want to suggest you use with your team. The three is I want you to identify three accomplishments you're most proud of for, in this case, the 2023 year and why. The two is two lessons you learned in 2023 and why those two lessons were most meaningful. And one is the one thing I, that you decide you want to accomplish next. That could be something that you need to change. It could be something that you want to improve. It could be something that you want to accomplish. No matter what it is, it just needs to be something worth chasing and why. Now, I want you to start by doing this to yourself. Start with the three, and you got to be kind to yourself on the things you've accomplished. It will very likely be hard to limit it to three, and that's a good thing. That's what makes us such a positive experience. You'll find it creates positive energy as you look at them. I just did this with uh, uh, the most senior leader at one of the largest uh, financial institutions uh, in North America, and when I was talking with this gentleman, he was like, man, the three is the hardest part like limiting it to three. And I'm like, good. So spend some time simmering in your success and come back to me with your three. And the two and the one kind of snowballed off of that. But I guess that what I want is for you to find that positive energy. We're often very hard on ourselves because the goals we have are challenging. 
for a lot of companies, last year was a tough year. More layoffs in tech than any other year in my lifetime. And I guess that I want you to feel that positive energy. And I don't want you to be afraid of, again, with my air quotes, what I call, I did that moments. Yeah, you did that. Don't be afraid to call it, we did that. But also, sometimes as leaders, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And sometimes your reps don't give themselves enough credit. Let's not be afraid of, I did that moments. Because they're very, very important. In sales, we live in a what have you done for me lately world. The emphasis always has been and always will be on what's next. And it needs to be. That's okay. We have to live in the world of what are we going to win next. But sometimes we do need to acknowledge what we've done well and we have to give ourselves credit. So I hope you celebrate. I hope you celebrate yourself. Celebration and rewarding ourselves is such an important part of self-care and energy. In fact, I'm a proponent of using the if-then construct on how you celebrate and how you progress yourself. If-then. If I accomplish this, then I will celebrate that. A lot of times I say, if I do this, then I expect this to happen. I'll use this for how I work with my clients or how I prospect. I also want, if I accomplish this, then I will celebrate that. Pre-plan your celebrations, and then when you get there, you best believe I already know how I'm going to celebrate. And uh, like for me, when I went to, to Mexico to get my cancer treatment, uh, my if-then was if I make it back alive because I had a 22% chance of making it and a 78% chance of dying, uh, I was going to buy a motorcycle. It was going to be this matte black uh, beast that I was going to call the cancer killer. And you, you best believe that when I got back, I bought that bike. And so I want you, small things, big things, I don't care. I collect pens like titanium. I, titanium is an important thing to me because I know I want to be titanium grade. I've got to be resilient, um, powerful, strong. I, I collect titanium pens, for example, when I celebrate different things. I, I collect small things, watches, Jordan, Air Jordan shoes. I, they're all meaningful to me for different reasons. I pre-plan my celebrations and then I freaking go get them. And that's what you need to do. Pre-plan your celebration on something that was meaningful and then build the system to go get them. Now, that's the three. Let's get to the two. In the two lessons, I want you to be specific on why those lessons were so meaningful. What did you learn? Why was it important? Why did you what did you accomplish because you got it right? Or what negative thing happened as a result of getting it wrong and, and how could we have avoided that? Understanding avoidable challenges is a really great thing to learn. You're going to find that acknowledging these lessons will also bring a very real energy bump. It will create optimism as you think through how you will apply those lessons in the coming year. And then that will take you to the one. What is the one thing you want to prioritize? What is the one thing you want to emphasize? Where's the one area you want to capitalize? And my favorite I's that we're going to say, what is the one thing you need to realize? And then most important, why? This is going to set you up for the final stage, which might be the most important stage. It's the one uh, on that one thing. It's going to be helping me help you get that. Because if you want, the reason this is most important is that if you want to change how you perform, you must first be able to change how you think and more important, what you believe. And my experience has been it can be very challenging to even inventory the positive or limiting beliefs to inventory those and be aware of those. So when you look at the one thing, I want you to ask yourself, what's going well here and why? 
And then the second one is what's challenging here and why? You can understand how, how have I made some headway here? What have I done well to give And then what are the reasons I haven't got where I want to get? Every one of those whys, the whys with the what's going well and the whys with the what's challenging are going to be attached to either a positive or a limiting belief. That's what they'll do. They will expose the positive beliefs. They will expose the limiting beliefs. My, my advice is to, is to inventory those. Write them down. I write them down. I keep those. I, I'm telling you, knowing those things about yourself, you can then work on. You can work on yourself. You can work on with a coach. It's one of the things I love to work on with my clients uh, is what are your beliefs because you must be very aware of these. And I'm telling you, you need a system to help you discover these and bring them to your awareness. I want to tell you about one of my clients. Uh, this is one of my favorite clients. This person works for a very large organization, uh, global organization, and this division of this, this organization is in the campus services. So this person is always selling and working with uh, educational institutions and highly educated people, PhDs mostly. And when I first started working with this person, this person's, um, when we were talking about what do you want to accomplish, and then I went into the what's going well and what do we need to work on, the, the, the what's challenging, this person didn't even have to think about it. The what's challenging was I work with PhDs, our clients are PhDs, and I don't have a college degree. And that's causing problems in my ability to be respected and connect with these people. So we jotted it down and we got started. We had a, we built a relationship. We had some victories, and then we came back to it. <laughs> and my 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 assignment to this person was: okay, I want you to look back at the last six months, and I want you to write down and bring me the story of every time you not having a degree has caused you a problem with a client. And this person has had a ridiculously successful career. This person is not a recent college person. This is someone who has done remarkably well for a long time and is loaded with leadership superpowers. And so three weeks later, when we got back on a one-on-one, -on -one, this person said, man, this has been a hard assignment. I've been looking. I, I can't find anything that I can really use as a story in the last few months. So, okay, well, then let's make this easy. You've been in your role, in your spot for the last three and a half years. Let's look at the whole three and a half years. I want every story you can bring where this was something where the client actually told you that the lack of education was a problem or that your lack of education was even a discussion point. Person came back a few weeks later and was like, can't find one. And so that led to a really killer conversation on this was a belief that they created. And then we were able to start training up and we were able to start saying, let's talk about the circumstances in the last six months where your experience has been a difference. And we got rid of that. And when we had our end of year one-on-one -on -one just a week ago, this person said, my greatest accomplishment that I look back on in her three, two, in this person's three, two, one was number one, I got rid of the belief about my education. And I was so pumped to talk about this person sharing how liberating it was and empowering it was and what we replaced those beliefs with. And so I want you to get after your beliefs. And so after you've done the three, two, one and the belief audit, that's what it is. It's the three, two, one and the belief audit. Once you've done that for yourself, I want you to do this with each member on your team. Here's how you do it. Ask them to prepare the three, two, one for the next one-on-one -on -one you have. If you're a sales leadership 
United uh, member, there's a couple tools in there that you might even le leverage on that, okay? But give them the, the, the assignment, three accomplishments they're, they're most proud of and why, two lessons that are most meaningful and why, and then one thing they want to realize, accomplish, change, whatever, this next year and why. When you do that and you get together in the three, let them simmer in their awesomeness. You know, write things down, nod your head, re-celebrate with them. Share your observations, things like, hey, what you don't know is when this happened, here's what other people talked about. Here's what I saw. Um, uh, you can also say, man, as good as those three th were, I thought you might have done, you did one, two, and three. I thought you might have done X, Y, or Z. That's how good your year was. These are things that could have been in the top three. Uh, let's reflect on their things that they need to remember about themselves going into next year about their awesomeness. In the two, I want you to listen and nod your head again. I want you to take notes. I want you to congratulate them on learning. I want you to ask them why it was so meaningful and how they want to apply it. Get into what they want to do with it. And then use these want-tos to collaborate and share more of your observations. And you'll know, so notice I'm turning to observations. As leaders, we must be uh, an ob observational-oriented leader. I don't want it to be about the numbers. I want it to be your observations with them. One of the leaders I worked with this year didn't do enough observation and she ended up losing her team over it. This is a big lesson for us to learn, okay? Make sure that we can lead through observations. And once you, you get into this, get done with those, you can get into the number one, the one, you, I want you to listen again and then ask why. This thing you want to do, why does it matter? What happens to you if you accomplishment and why would that matter? What happens if it doesn't and then why does that matter? And then how can you as a leader be helpful? And then I want you to make sure that this person on your team makes, they hear you say very clearly, I'm in, I'm in. And after you say I'm in, you need to now move to the belief audit where you can then share with them that in order for me to be the partner that will help you best, I got to ask you two questions. You ready? And they'll say, let's go. And it all relates to the one. As it relates to your one thing, question one, what's going well and why? When they're done with that one, with what's going well and why those things matter, it could be one thing, it could be 10 things, okay? You ask them, number two, what's challenging and why? And now you're going to find out why they're not where they want to be yet, at least why they believe, just like this person, well, I believe that I... I'm at a disadvantage because my education. And we fix that. You can fix a belief. You can do it faster than you think. But you got to know what they are first. And both of the whys in this, on the what's going well and why, and what's challenging and why, they will introduce the positive belief systems they have. It will also introduce the limiting beliefs that they have. And then, and only then, can you start working on these as a leader. So to wrap this one up, here's why I love the three, two, one. Number one, it creates positive and intentional moments of reflection. This is a time where people are closing things down and preparing to start. It's that finish line on the track where the finish line and the start line are the same line. And you want the reflective process to be something that creates both hope and optimism. Listen, we're in a world where we need more hope. And this process will help you create that. Um... I believe our job as leaders is to tease out the very best someone has to offer. And it is easy in the world that we live in for hope to get squashed. The three, two, one will help you create hope and you'll be that leader that can bring out.
what someone has to offer. Second thing it does is it creates enrollment, buy-in, whatever you want to call it. You can use the reflection process to launch into the planning process. Now you know what they're chasing. Now you know why they care about it. Now you know what matters. Now you know what's something that will be worth fighting for. This gives you a perfect opportunity to create those I get you moments. Remember, every single leader will say, I got you. That's a transactional thing. You want fries with that? I got you. You need help with X? I got you. Need help with more things? Doors always open and I'll got you. No, very few leaders ever can say and execute on the phrase, I get you. I get you. You want your leaders to say, she gets me. He gets me. That is something that very few reps ever are able to say. And if you know the one thing for every one of your team members and you know why, you can be a very positive partner in ways you could never otherwise be. And that takes me to the third reason I love the 3-2-1. It exposes beliefs. It is hard as a leader to learn what people believe. You can observe things and ask questions, but it is really hard. You can't really sit down and say, hey, tell me what you believe. That will usually lead to some sideways looks. I know because I have some of the people I've coached that have tried that, and it hasn't gone very well. But if you know what they care about, and then you can get to why they're having some success and why they are not where they want to be, and know the reasons that are the beliefs for both of those, why they are having some, why they're not where they want to be, then, and I'm going to say it again, and only then, can you start to work around further developing positive beliefs, trading those things up, and creating experiences that help them change those limiting ones. My experience has been that very few leaders really and truly understand the beliefs of those they lead. And this matters because I found that no human being will change behaviors permanently unless they change beliefs first. So give this a try. I hope I get 50,000 direct messages, uh, DMs with people asking questions around how to do the 321 or sharing experiences around it. This is a tool I've used with hundreds of my clients. And every time, and I mean every single time, they've come back and told me how helpful it was. Listen, I have leaders I've worked with for five years now that tell me this is their go-to tool still five years later on how they handle that end of year and beginning of year connection point. Five years later, their team still finds this to be this massively important experience. So my advice is to give this one a shot. If you have questions, hit me up. But tap into the power of reflection. I'm going to say it again. If you have questions, hit me up. I will respond to you, and I hope you overwhelm me, okay? Um, just remember the importance of changing beliefs because that's the only way you're going to change performance. And then don't you dare start 2024 by just hitting team with your team with goals. I'm helping a lot of leaders set their kickoff for the year and we're making it about systems and not just goals. That's why what I do next week with the, with a new model that I built, I'm excited to share with you. Uh, I want you to turn to systems because that's your only way you're going to actually achieve the goals. That's the only way you're going to bring hope. Um, one of my mentors, Rick Page, wrote a book called Hope is Not a Strategy. And I've seen a lot of people ro rolling around trying to clone his phrase. But that's the first place I ever saw it. And remember, our job as leaders is to create hope. And the only way we can do that is through beliefs. So make sure you have systems that will help you hit those goals. 
And to finish, I hope you enjoy the rest of this holiday time. As I record this, we're in holiday time. Some of you will listen to this because we've got a lot of binge listeners when it's not, but I hope you enjoy the holidays. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Thank you for your commitment to being a difference maker in the lives of those you lead. I will leave you with my appreciation for every single one of you. Those of you who have reached out to me, those of you who have chosen to work with me, those of you who I may someday meet, and for the large majority of you who I will never meet, but you've trusted me with a small amount of your time each and every week. And so my, my hope and my, I guess my toast, my, my virtual toast is, here's to creating the greatest year of your career. Here's to creating an extraordinary life. We are not here to be average. And for those of you that are leading teams, we have a responsibility to help those we lead live extraordinary lives and have the greatest years of, those, of their, their lives. So please, commit this year to creating legendary impact with those you lead. And if you want more tools and systems like the ones I've shared today, be sure to check out Sales Leadership United. I have a video training on the 321 and then hundreds of others that are used by over a thousand sales leaders worldwide. I'd love to have you join our community. And the greatest compliment you can give is to share this show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. If you're comfortable, leave us a review on iTunes. And you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Use the code ROB at checkout and get a free week on me. Thanks for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Don't ever forget that our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you like this message, please share it with someone who needs to hear it and then get after it because life is short. There is no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize your today. Be elite. Live strong and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Here's to the best year of our careers. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.